Revolutionaries, what's good? Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Scotch Porter, founded by my dude, Calvin Qualis. Scotch Porter is the fastest growing hair and beard care company in the country. About a year ago, my friends started telling me that my skin looked amazing and that my beard looked soft and luxurious. I told them, this is Scotch Porter at its best. To celebrate our partnership, Scotch Porter is offering 25% off of any order, $40 or more, with the code WYR25. With over 26,000 five-star reviews, you can see their clean, non-toxic products really work. In fact, their new hydrating body wash features shea butter, marula oil, and botanicals, and is perfect for all skin types and tones. This offer is exclusive only at scotchporter.com. Now go grab your grooming essentials and make sure you use the code WYR25 to save 25% off of your order $40 or more. This offer ends March 31st, 2023 and cannot be combined. Now let's get ready for the show. What's good, revolutionaries? Dear brother Calvin Qualis, CEO and founder of Scotch Porter. What's your revolution? When I started this business, I started as sort of a little hobby. Um, I've had this realization that business um, doesn't have to just be self-serving and that business um, you know, can be a tool that you leverage to not only change your life, to change your, your family's life, to, you know, to change others' lives in the community. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, revolution? What's good, revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution Show, a show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. What's good, revolutionaries? What's good? What's I hope good? that you are well. As I ask all the time, like, I hope that you are doing your thing and you're moving in your spaces, that you're moving in community and that you're finding and building and fulfilling your revolution. Because, you know, here at this show and what we do and what we think this question is, it's the most thought provoking one of your life. Asking and answering what's a revolution. Six years ago, I started this show. And it's interesting because... It started out in a box, really, in a small room at an AM radio station in New Orleans, WBOK. And I got to give a shout out to my folks, Susan and Rachel and my man, you know what I'm saying? My dude, Jazz, who said, you know what? We got an opportunity to bring stories about black men doing dope stuff in the world. And you're the dude to do this, right? You're the guy to bring this because you've been talking about hyper-masculinity and we wanted to move this conversation revolutionary. Stop talking about the nefarious things that black men were doing and to talk about the revolutionary things that black men can and are doing in the world. I want you to remember that we are kings. It's interesting. Let me tell you this quick story, revolutionary. I was having a, a conversation with one of my friends and he's Indian. And he began telling me these stories about all the things that uh, his Indian ancestors had done as if to tell me that my folks hadn't done anything. And I had, to, I had to stop him for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Are you trying to say that black folks haven't done anything in history? I said, where do you think the first universities were? Where do you think that language comes from? Where do you think the oldest bones come from? And I had to say him because right, he had this hubris about his Indian brothers. And look, 
I'm not here to play Olympics with you about who's better. But let me tell you about the kings and queens of our, of our ancestors and what we've done and what we've built and what we continue to build in this country and all across the world. Please don't let your mindset think that black folks haven't built this world, that we have not been revolutionary. I want you to understand that. And so for six years, I have brought on some of the most prolific black men in this country who've talked about how they are revolutionizing themselves, how they're revolutionizing their communities and how they're revolutionizing the world. And we plan to keep on going six years from now. When you look back, I want you to know that what's your revolution will still be going and we will still be telling revolutionary stories of black men and women. And so I am fortunate, right, as we celebrate this six year anniversary to talk to this amazing brother. But I want to give a backstory because everybody always talks about, hey, you know, brother, how old are you? Right. And I'm like, look, you don't need to worry about how old I, how old I am. You know what I'm saying? These great, these grow gray specs or these blonde bronze specs, you know, they hide, they look, they hide wisdom or, or they exude wisdom. I said, like, don't even worry about it. But I remember because I began to think about it as, as I started losing this hair and I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with this beard. These grays just would not tame themselves. These grays would I'm like, they were all over the place. My beard was like, poof. I said, what am I going to do? So I started looking for opportunities to really tame my beard and really have a lustrous beard that looked good. And I started looking for products and everything was out there. I started Googling. I started finding all kinds of stuff. But I said I wanted to put something that was made for us and by us on my face, right, and on my beard. And I found Scotch Porter. And it's interesting because I went to, uh, I talk about so much black men, black men excel. And I walked in and I was like, yo, there's Scotch Porter. Let me go see what's going on with them. And I got to meet their, their CEO, Calvin Qualis. So I want to introduce Calvin Qualis, who's the CEO and founder of Scotch Porter, the fastest growing hair care and beard brand in the country. Dear brother, how are you? Pleasure to be here, man. Pleasure to be here. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate it. And congrats, congrats on the 60th anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother. I, I definitely appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Uh, and what we're doing. But congratulations to you on all your success and everything that you are actually doing in the world. Um, I want to talk a little bit about these. I want to talk about just, brother, tell me how you're doing. What's going on in your world outside of Scotch Porter? Um, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm well. Uh, I think I shared, you know, no, no complaints on my end, really. I shared like a lot has to do with perspective and I'm really just grateful to be here. Right. And, and today, right. To be healthy and to have breath in my body, uh, to be building a business that I'm super passionate about, um, to be surrounded by people that, that love me, the people that I love and, and just to be here today speaking with you. So I'm good. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. And I want to double tap on that for a second, right? When we talk about that, being surrounded by folks, right? Being, having breath and being able to do things that we love. Talk about that for one second for me as, as we think about this, right? Being able to sit in a space and do something that you're passionate about. What does that mean for you, right? Because many of us, right, we're thinking about the great resignation that has been happening, right? People are really thinking about 
Like, how do I work like in, in a space that I really enjoy? How do I work with people that are really passionate, that have the same values that I do? Talk about what that means for you to build something that you can then go to work every day and enjoy. Um, it, listen, it is, it's, a, it's such a blessing. Um, I will say, um, that it didn't just happen <laughs> and that I had to be mindful. Um, and honestly, I had to work very hard to kind of create sort of this life that I have now. Right. And it required me, me to be really intentional. Um, and so it's a blessing, um, but it was some work. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I did some work a long time ago, um, even before I started the business to, to really uncover sort of what drives me, um, what motivates me, um, you know, what gets me excited, uh, what am I most passionate about, um, you know, big things like when you leave this earth, you know, what do you want to be remembered by? So I did a lot of that sort of early work. Um, I sought out a, a sort of a coach or a mentor there to help me with that. Um, I did some of that early work and really uncovered my why. Um, and so as I started to build the business, one of the things that the coaches uh, or mentor had said to me was that, you know, it is totally the right thing to do to build a business around your why, right? So that there's no conflict. Um, and because of that, I've been very intentional on thinking about, you know, what's our purpose? What's the mission of the business? What are we doing here? Who are we looking to, to help? And I've made sure that those things align with my own personal why. And so um, I say all that to say, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Um, but there was some work, um, you know, that I had to do some, some, some early work that I had to do to get to a place where um, I can come in, you know, it, it, there are some tough days, <laughs> lots of tough days. Yeah. Uh, but it, but in the end of it all, I'm, I'm really happy to to be building what I'm building and building a business that has has some impact. So it feels good. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate that. And revolutionaries, as you think about this, right, as you're thinking about sitting in your why, uh, Simon Sinek talks about that all the time in his work. When you're passionate about something, right, you have to think about what's going to motivate you every day to get up and say, you know what, I love this. I want to do this. I'm going to struggle, Right. A lot of times we talk about when you're doing and building your revolution, you have to be able to sit in discomfort and it's not easy. And I'm sure that Calvin will tell us uh, as he talks more about himself, that as you're building a multinational and international brand, there will be hard days. But like he said, if you can sit in your why, right, why am I doing this? Oftentimes that why comes from the answer to what's your revolution, and that's the thing. If you know and really succinctly can answer that question, you will move into your why. You will move into your why. So, brother, dear brother Calvin Qualla, CEO and founder of Scotch Porter, what's your revolution? Wow. Um, so, you know, my revolution, you know, when I started, when I started this business, uh, I started a sort of a little hobby, you know, many years ago, really just trying to solve some of the uh um, grooming issues that our customers had in the barbershop and kind of while trying to figure out um, and find myself um, and as the business has grown, I've kind of grown personally. Um, I've had this realization that business 
um, doesn't have to just be self-serving and that business, um, you know, can be a tool that you leverage to not only change your life, to change your, your family's life, to, you know, to change others' lives in the community, um, but to also really have impact on others' lives. And so, um, you know, while we're working and, 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 and building, you know, I think it's very, very important to find a way to align. And we talked about this, align your personal why with your business's why. I think you can really create something magical when you do that. Um, and to be honest, we invest a tremendous amount of time and, and energy. And sometimes we risk our mental health, you know, physical and emotional health, like really building businesses. Right. It's it's tough. Um, and so it's important that we you know, that business not only serves us and others financially, but it also needs to serve us um, spiritually. And so one of the things that I always say and always have this conversation with the team is like, you know, the wealth and tangible things that we accumulate. Um, here as, you know, employees and shareholders uh, of Scotch Porter, you know, we, we when we leave this planet, we can't take any of that with us. Right. We, we got to leave it all behind. Um, and so um, but we can we can impact others lives with the work that we do here. And so um, my revolution or, or my purpose is to play a part in making millions of people's lives better. Right. Through my own personal work, whether that's with entrepreneurs and others in the community and at Scotch Porter with the products and services and really the information. Um, that we provide our customers on a daily basis. Brother, I appreciate that because we talk about all the time, Calvin, and, and it's so interesting that you bring that in, that your revolution is about impacting folks, millions of folks. And you do that by the Scotts Porter brand and your own personal brand. And I say, you know, in our, you know, our fourth tenet of, of fulfilling your revolution is understanding that your revolution is not just for you. Right. Think about that. Think about how many people are actually watching Calvin Qualis. I could Google Calvin Qualis as I did my homework of you and listen to your journey and listen to you, how you talk about this. Right. And I don't want to spoil some of the conversations that we're going to have, but you talk about your journey and your why. And you've never said that I did this for myself. I did, I, I did this to make millions of dollars. I did this because I wanted to have a boat and a, a, a Lamborghini or a house in Tahiti or the Dominican Republic. You often say that this revolution is for the people, right? And thinking about that. And we'll even talk even more about some of the things that your organization is doing. But revolutionaries, remember, as you're building this revolution, know that people are watching. Know that people want to see you succeed because every time I go to Target or I go to Walmart, right, I'm looking for Scotch Porter because I know what this company is doing and I know what Calvin is about and all of his employees, that their revolution is ensuring that we have a brand that we can look up to. So, brother, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Let's do a let's do a double a double tap on Calvin Qualis, and I know you've told this story uh, many of times about how you started out, you know, as a, as a kid in your mom's shop, right, uh, and her barbershop, and thinking about that. But I want you to talk about who is Calvin Qualis in in reference to growing up with your mom and brother. What was that like, and how did the entrepreneur come out of your relationship with your brother and your mom? Hmm. Wow. So, um, you know, just just a bit of background. Grew up uh, like like some of us. I, well, I won't say most of us. Um, like some of us, you know, single single parent home, um, young mom, uh, fifteen when she had me. So, to really really wow. really young mom, right? Um, and so. 
you know, the dynamics of sort of my upbringing um, and my relationship with my mom is like, it's, it's, it's been interesting because um, in many ways, you know, she had two boys that, you know, young mom had two boys that she had to take care of. And she, you know, she did, she did a pretty, pretty damn good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had to work a lot. Um, you know, she had some, she started the barbershop, you know, she had a restaurant, so she's always been entrepreneurial. Um, but it, but it, there was some, there was some struggles, just like a lot of folks growing up in single parent households and, and to, to young moms, right. It, it did mean that, um, my brother and I were forced to do a lot of the things that maybe some of our friends, like their, their moms and dads, you know, probably took care of, right? Like I was very young. I had to wash clothes, right? We had to wash our own clothes. Like we had to learn how to cook, um, you know, at a relatively young age. I think like maybe nine or 10 years old, 10 years old, I, I could, I could like throw down in the kitchen. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, we had to clean, you know, um, and for the most part, because mom was, you know, away making sure that, you know, we had shelter and clothing and, and food and all of that, you know, sometimes it meant that it, a lot of times it meant that my brother and I were kind of there alone by ourselves. And my brother is about 11 months older. So, I've always felt like a, a big brother, even though we're very close in age. And so we, we, we were forced to be very responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also forced um, in some ways when mom wasn't there, like we, we had to take care of each other. Right. And so we've always had that um, growing up. We had this weight that like, Hey, mom isn't here right now. Uh, we, we are forced to fend for ourselves in, in many ways. And um, I always share with folks, you know, when I talk about that is like, in my opinion, that that is that's 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 been beneficial to me throughout my entire life. Right. Because um, my brother and I, we, we've been forced to have to navigate sort of tough situations um, and making sure that we can kind of get through things and, and, and not necessarily having my mom was a wonderful mom, but she she worked a lot, right? She wasn't there all the time, right? She was there every day. We seen her every day, but for, for the most part throughout the day, we were on our own, right? And so it just forced us to be very strong, um, responsible, um, dependable folks that are like, it just, it, it, it put a fire in us. And, and I think it put especially a fire in me, um, you know, to want to, uh, to succeed, Um, and I see that in my brother as well. So I think that, I think the dynamics of, you know, growing up to a single mom who was very young, um, latchkey kids, um, you know, was a benefit to me as an entrepreneur and and as a person. Um, and second, you know, the other thing that I'd like to point out is that my mom is also an immigrant (laughs) and so is uh, my grandmother. Um, and many of my, my other, well, my mom's side of the family, they're, they're from a small country in South America called Guyana. Yeah. And um, my my grandmother came here, um, I think this might have been back in the late 60s or early 70s. Um, and um, she, she unfortunately had to leave her kids there in Guyana at the time with my grandfather um, while she came here and, and figured it out. And so she got here. Um, you know, she somehow was able to convince a, um, a building owner to, uh, to rent her a storefront. Um, you know, she did that for a little while and somehow was able to convince um, them to also do seller financing. So they sold the business to her. She was oh, an immigrant. Wow. She didn't have credit. 
Um, she ended up buying the, the, the building. You know, there were some apartments upstairs. She kind of leveraged that um, to bring her, bring all of her kids, right? She is, it was at nine at the time, <laughs> bring wow. nine kids to this country. Um, and her husband, um, just based off of figuring it out. Um, and so, you know, that sort of runs through my blood, um, that sort of tenacity, um, you know, problem solving, figuring, figuring things out, um, that kind of runs through my blood. And I grew up around, and from that, my grandmother was an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur and I'd say about half of my family, um, are, are business owners and entrepreneurs. So the entrepreneurship bug, (laughs) <laughs> um, kind of bit me very early because I realized I realized that you know I didn't have to I didn't have to work from some for someone else I didn't have to climb someone else's yes. ladder I could build yeah. my own damn ladder to climb so um, yeah brother thank you for sharing that story um, I definitely appreciate you know going back and right we think about the lineages of our history and I said earlier in the show right don't talk about black folks not building stuff from from nothing. Right. From from nothing. You think about that story that you just told us and how hard work and family and discipline and care led you to this space. Right. You got to see as, as the good folks at uh, the Silverback Society in New Orleans say, you can't be what you cannot see. And it sounds like that you saw early what entrepreneurship, even though, even though folks weren't calling it entrepreneurship, you know, it was business. It was, it it was, how do we take care of our family? Right. How do we find ways when I'm coming to a country and I don't have the, the, the specific means that the other folks might have, but I still need to create opportunities for my family. And that is a wonderful thing because you then take that hard work and you take the companionship of your brother and you're seeing day in and day out. I think about my own mother, brother, and I often say, I was like, man, you know, I didn't grow up with entrepreneurship, but I did. I did. My mother figured out, you know, as a teacher, Calvin, that it just wasn't going to pay the bills. Right. Her Mm -hmm. and my dad, both educators. My father was a principal. They've got this precocious child like who wants to do everything. Right. I wanted to play baseball. (laughs) I wanted to run track. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do all the things. And my mom was like, well, I love my child and I'm, I'm a mother's only child. So she figured out huh. that, that, you know, you, you, you think about that. She figured out there was an opportunity to start selling costume jewelry, right? Because all of her friends were going out wow. to these parties and they were trying to figure out what to wear. My mother was, my mother and father, probably, if you saw them, one of the most stylish couples that you ever meet, Charles and Bertha Corpru. And my dad wow. made sure that my mother always looked good. Like they would go to church and they would go different places. They would match. And my mom had these little trinkets on or whatever. And her friends would be asking, girl, where'd you get that? Where, where'd you find that? <laughs> so my mother said, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. Just like your parents and your grandma, your, your mom and your grandma. And they said, you know, we're going to figure something out. There's an opportunity. So she built this robust costume jewelry business where she would sell out her home or she would go to shows. She would go to different places. And next thing you know, guess where I was getting or guess what I was getting? I was getting the glove. I was getting the, the cleats. I was traveling a little bit. She was like, you know, what? I got a little bit of extra money this week. Chuck it. You go out and get what you need to do. It was because <laughs> of that entrepreneurship journey. And now even myself, I look back and say, wait a minute. I saw entrepreneurship. I saw business development. I saw customer acquisition, right? I saw problem solving all the things that you said right in the home. And that's so big for us to see that, right? Even though we don't call it entrepreneurship, 
right? This, the sexy term that is now everybody's talking about, but we got to see people building businesses. And that's so good for us. But I, so I appreciate you telling me, right? Not even about your mother, right? But about your grandmother. That's so amazing. Look, I want to jump back because, you know, people will talk about your story. And I just, I, I want you to illuminate just about your beginning a little bit, because I want to ask this question about the barbershop. Scott's Porter really began, really began with you being a barber and creating products for your customers. Tell us a little bit about that story and how Scott's Porter began just from understanding your customers. Yeah. So, so, uh, the, the one thing to note is I, I am not a barber. I've, I've never, I've never been a barber. Um, like I have tons of respect for bar that barbers. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even play them. I, I would not even, I don't even cut my own hair. But the barbershop, you know, without going too, too far back, you know, started the barbershop, uh, because it was kind of looking for something else outside of finance and, um, just, it wasn't in a place where I felt good about myself and my life and just recalled all, all those like really vivid memories of like being a, being a kid in my mom's barbershop and the fun times that I had there and watching, you know, how they transform folks and help them to feel better. Right. I could see all of that visually, like from the time someone walked into the shop, you know, to the moment that they got their hair done, the kind of cape was flipped off and they kind of were walking out, like kind of looking and feeling like a different person. Right. And so that's how I started the barbershop. Um, so I started the barbershop and, you know, I, the barbershop is a wonderful place, right? The barbershop is a place, you know, where, you know, there's, there's, there's so, so much that happens uh, in, in, in the black barbershop, right? There's, there's very interesting conversations that happen, um, you know, about everything, about life, about health, about, you know, about relationships, Um you know, people, people walk in, you, you see all the new seekers, you see all the, right. All the fly kicks, all the, all the gear, right. Like it, it is just, it's a pretty special place. And it's always been like this safe space, um, you know, for black, black and Hispanic men. Right. And so, um, when I started the barbershop, I think one of the very first things that I sort of noticed was it was around this time when folks were growing out their hair and their beards. Right. And it was like this whole movement around natural hair. Um, one of the things that I did notice is like many of the men coming into the barbershop had like these big beards. Um, they didn't, I don't have a big beard. I choose not to have a big beard, but, uh, but they walk in and you could, you could tell that the beard was like unkempt, right? Like it needed a little bit of moisturization or something. Right. And so, um, you know, I kind of like a lot of folks, you know, look to see what was available so that I could bring back to the shop and hand to the barbers to use on the customers and thought, Hey, maybe there's an opportunity here. Tons of guys are walking in with beards. Um, maybe there's something that we could potentially sell them because there were just tons of beards coming in. Um, unfortunately at that time, I didn't really see a lot on the market period. Um, and I especially didn't see, um, things that had, you know, more textured, um, you know, textured beards, kinkier sort of hair types sort of in mind. And so um, I went home, um, you know, learned everything I could about natural hair and beards. And again, the, the, the daytime desk job and finance was 
I, I clearly knew that that wasn't going to be something that, you know, I could do forever, but this, this was a hobby. It interested me. I didn't think, think of it as like this big business opportunity. It was just something to occupy my, my weekends and my evenings, um, out of the, the, you know, the boring daytime desk job. Um, and so I started to learn everything I could begin crafting products in the kitchen, kind of bringing it back to the shop, handing it to barbers and, um, got some interesting feedback. Um, you know, from the barbers and the customers and, you know, over a year, year and a half ended up creating something that our customers mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed and started to ask to purchase. Yeah. And so we started yeah. to sell it because we were giving it away for free in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Brother, I appreciate that, you know, and, and, and thinking about that. And we're going to get to, you know, some of the some of those playbook points when it comes to building a brand and building, you know, building something that folks actually want. But I want to pull back because you said early and early is that the barbershop is this place for self-care for men. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil. Right. I don't want to spoil that or left that uh, leave that unkept because I think about it. And we talked about it in the green room. You know, it's been about 20 years now, 2003. I, I went into a barbershop and said, you know what, this 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 is going back a little, little, little too far these days. And um, let's just shave it off and see. Right. And, and it's a it's a funny, quick story because I walked into the next day um, to work. I was a teacher at the time, Calvin, and I worked for a very stoic woman. Uh, my vice principal, Dr. Donna Elliott, wonderful, wonderful woman. And she would never say anything. You know, she either it was a smirk or a snarl or, or something. She was, you know, one of. And I remember walking out of my classroom and saying, "Hello, Doctor Elliot, how are you?" And she looked and was speechless for a moment. And I was like, "Oh, she about to she about to say something. She about she about to say something crazy." And she was like, <laughs> "I think you should keep that look, Mister Corporu." <laughs> and for, I was like, word, that's it. That's it. I'm done. If Dr. Elliot says this, Dr. Elliot says this, I'm, I'm done. And so I've been ball for since, since the fall of 2003. So it's been almost 20 years now. And so it took me away from the barbershop. It took me, I think I probably have been to the barbershop maybe six times since then. And, and I missed that. I missed that self-care process of being in space with black and Latinx men. Do me a favor real quickly, Calvin. Just talk about why the the barbershop is still so important to our self-care, particularly in the spaces that we traverse now that we have to armor up. Why is the barbershop still so important to us? It's, it's, I think it's, it's so interesting that you said that you said armor up because, um, you know, the, the barbershop, you know, in my opinion and many others opinion has always like been this, uh, almost like this cultural hub where you can kind of lay down your armor is what I always say. Um, and really have like interesting discussions uh, again, whether that's relationships, you know, health and just sort of life in general. And it's always been this safe space, um, you know, I think it's always been this place where, you know, men feel a bit more comfortable kind of sharing and, and having conversations um, on topics that, you know, we aren't necessarily uh, comfortable having with our partners or families and others. Right. So it's a space where you you have this opportunity to kind of walk in one way and, and kind of walk out feeling so much better, looking and feeling good. Um, 
And again, I mentioned it's also a place where you get to see some things that are important, you know, to, to the culture, like fashion and, um, you know, kicks and clothing. And, you know, it, it's, it's always been this big, like the, the, the things that come into the shop, right? Like, you know, you could, you could, you could buy a DVD, right? A new, a new movie. I don't know if you remember when, when DVDs were the thing, right? You know, things have changed a bit now, but, um, you know, you can get some interesting things in a shop, right? And it's always been this place for like where you, where you, where it's a safe space for like knowledge and just like community. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, it's, it's, it's always been a space where to your point earlier, you, you can kind of lay the armor down and it's yeah. the one place, you know, as a man, you could kind of walk in maybe not having such a great day or a great week or a last couple of weeks, but walk out feeling pretty amazing. And part of that, um, is, is definitely because like the cut, the fresh cut always like people yeah, always walk out yeah. feeling a, a lot better, but it's also the community and the conversations, um, and how you're fed spiritually when you walk out of, out of a barbershop. Yeah. All, all the things. And one of the things that you say on a regular basis is that you could walk into a, you can walk into a barbershop looking one way, like looking, look, looking, look, beat as we just look, looking, looking beat down. Right. And I, I think about that scene from barbershop where the brother, uh, the brother's got a, a, an interview the next day. And actually, <laughs> interestingly enough, the character's name is Calvin, if I'm, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ice, Cube, I, I, Ice Cube's character is, is Calvin. And, yeah. You see the meta, you see the metamorphosis of this brother, right? And you know, if you go on social media these days, you're you're you know, you can you can see the transformation. Somebody comes in with the beard out to here, their hair is looking a mess. Sometimes they're bald. They walk out all, all of a sudden. Now, all of the technology that's going on with men's hair these days is is, is like I'm like what? Hold hold on. But you can <laughs> go into the barbershop, talk trash, laugh, get a cut, get a shape up, get something. And walk out of the shop a new person. Yep. And that is an amazing thing for us, right? Because we're laying our armor down. We're with our people. And sometimes we, sometimes all we need to do is feel like a new person. And, and imagine that, right? Where you can go and co- coalesce with people that look like you, that sound like you, that eat like you, right? That dress like you or something like you and, and, and say, I'm, I'm going to be with my people. And then I, I, I'm fed not only right from my people, but I'm fed because now my look, I can go out in the world, put my armor back on and look a little bit better. My self-esteem is a little bit higher because that's what we need. Sometimes we need that place. We need to look fresh, right? Fresh to death, yeah. as we used to say back, back in the day. <laughs> that cut is fresh to death, dude. Let me tell you. And that that's the thing that I, I, I miss the barbershop, man. I, I miss going in and having that camaraderie and having that space and, and then walking out because you know what? You'll never, you, you can never do your cut like a barber can. I'm sorry. I don't care how not good you are. One. No, no, uh, 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 not, mm. not at all, brother. Not, not at all. So thank you for allowing me to reminisce and, and, and to tell my revolutionaries, <laughs> look, if you get a chance, go to the beauty salon, go to the barbershop. Look, if you can, just once or twice, right? Just get the feeling of the P of the people. Look, I want to move this conversation because it, it, it always goes by so fast. And I want to jump in really to Scotch Porter. And as I was doing my homework, right, one, one of my guests, Brian Grimes, came on, Calvin, and he said his revolution was to hustle for his last name, not his first name. And that was the interesting thing, right? And it's not Qualis. It's Scotch Porter, but it's 
it's it's Calvin Qualis. It's Scott's Porter by Calvin Qualis. So we think about that you're still hustling for your last name because the brand is associated with you. But talk about, right, you've told this story, and I want my revolutionaries to hear this just quickly. How did you come up with the name Scotch Porter? Yeah, so you know, one one thing to one thing to notice. So Scotch Porter is is a brand and the only brand under um, you know the the business name, which is Qualis Brands. So mm-hmm. um, so my name is still tied there, but um, you know, Scotch, you know, was at a time just trying to figure out a name, you know, for for the brand, and it needed to be. It needed to be authentic. It needed to be something that I felt resonates with me because I, I, we shared this before, right? Like kind of tapping into building a business around tapping into you and your why and what's important to you. Um, now, the thing about what I'm about to say now is like scotch isn't necessarily important to me, the alcoholic beverage, but maybe at that time it was a little bit more important than it needed to be in my life. Um, and so it, it's just a culmination of the things that I loved at that time. And scotch, the alcoholic beverage, <laughs> was one of them. Um, I'm not going to sit here and sort of, you know, tell you a story about like, oh, scotch, you know, is the spirit and it was about the spirit. Like, I'm not, we're not doing that. <laughs> the, the honest truth is that I love scotch and whiskey. Um, and Gregory Porter uh, is, a, is a fantastic musician, uh, jazz musician that has, I think, probably one of the most amazing voices. So it's just a culmination of the things that I, that I love. Wow. And um, it just so happens that it, it works together and it sounds like a, it sound, I think it sounds like a pretty good, great uh, Ben Screwman brand. It works well. Man, man it, it's smooth, man. <laughs> it, it is so smooth. And, and oftentimes people want to know, like, how did you come up? Like, you know, when I tell the etiology of what's a revolution, people are like, wow, how did, you know, how did I come up with this brand and this name? And, you know, oftentimes like you got it from that. Like, yeah, there's always a, a wonderful story. And, and thinking about that, marrying two loves of your life, scotch. And I've, I've never been a big scotch drinker. Uh, my father drank a little bit of scotch as a celebratory thing. You know, scotch, you know, in our, here, here's Dr. Corpru. Some of our taste buds are everybody's taste buds are different. Right. And so certain things actually <laughs> taste better. Scotch never tastes good to me. You know, right? cognac, okay. wh- you know, cognac, whiskey, vodka tastes good to me. Scotch. I'm like, ah, it, it, it just wasn't my thing. But you're right about Gregory Porter. <laughs> let, me, look, let me tell you, brother. It's yes. smooth. And, uh, you know, living in New Orleans, you know, when you hear good jazz, right, you can you can definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Why I, I gotta get you? I gotta get you a good bottle of uh, some scotch. Maybe I can. Maybe I can change your mind because it's different. Uh, look, you know, I, would, I would love. To, I hear everybody talking about like Macallan something, Macallan nineteen, Macallan twenty one. I hear here. You know, there's my reference to the best man because in the first <laughs> one, she. T- oh, maybe, is that the best man? No. Maybe it's another movie where Sanaa Lathan and Tay Diggs are in. Uh, I can't remember. Brown Sugar. That's what it okay. was. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's brown sugar back in the day. Um, so she's <laughs> always talking about that. But um, I appreciate that. I want to move this conversation real quickly. Right. And, and not even quickly, but really talk about this. This is a black owned brand. This is a black owned beard brand. Right. And, and you can't go anywhere and not see brothers and brothers, anybody. Right. Like, anybody. Because I can I can Google beards and see people from all across the world with beards. Right. Or hair care or need something. Why is Scott's Porter so important to us, right? When you break it down to the culture, I'm going to say, why is it important for the culture, for the people? 
So, um, you know, just to, just to go back a, a bit, um, you know, I, I started the business at a time when I was really trying to figure out sort of my purpose and, and what I wanted to do. And, and, and I wanted to do something more meaningful. Um, you know, I shared that I didn't feel great about sort of my life at that time and kind of where I thought it was headed. And, and I was looking for an opportunity to feel better. Um, I knew that there you know, were tons of people out there that felt the same way, right? Um, so, so I really created a business around helping people feel the best and, and really arming folks with the tools and information needed to live their best, most fulfilled lives. Um, I, I, I wanted that for myself. Wow, it's been, it's been seven years, <laughs> um, seven years ago, and, I, and wanted it. Thank you. Wanted it for those early customers, and we still work hard every day to kind of live up to that promise with our existing customers. Um, and we do a lot of things, you know, around like, and we'll talk about this, but like investing in causes like education and job training and entrepreneurship and recidivism, and then, you know, really tapping, you know, experts and, and professionals to really provide playbook points, um, on really how to live, you know, healthier lives, you know, yeah. financially, physically, and so on. Um, because we over index in, and, and it's, it's purposely <laughs> in serving men of color, you know, they are the biggest beneficiaries of, of our work and our focus. Um, and so, you know, I kind of, I'd, I'd like to leave it, leave it, leave it at that, that the work that we do is around helping men to feel their best and live their best, most fulfilled lives. And we have an intentional focus on men of color. Um, and because of that, just naturally, they're the biggest beneficiaries of, of the work that we do. Right. I said earlier, revolutionaries, right? We, we think about this. Your revolution is not just for you. Think about the creation of a international brand, right? That has you in mind and everything, right? Think about that. How important that is when you go out and buy something that is for you, that you can think about the values that the CEO and founder thought about, right? How do we bring ourselves into the work that we do? I, you know, the, the, the part of me that's in my ear, you know, because I've heard you say this a couple of times, Calvin, is that you said you weren't feeling good about yourself. And I, and, and I keep saying, do, do I ask this question? But I, I, I need to. I need to. You said you weren't feeling good about yourself, right? And you were looking for something. If you, if you could, could you walk us through a little bit of that journey that really moved you to the space that I, you wanted to find something different? If you, if you could talk about a little bit, anything that you'd like to share that said, I'm in this space and I want to move forward. Yeah. Um, listen, I, 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 I went to college, um, you know, I, because I was, I had this dream or, you know, this thing that I was told that like, Hey, these are the steps that you follow, um, to be successful and to be happy. Right. Um, and part of that was to go off to college, um, you know, after college, go off and try to find a great job. And, you know, I did those things. I did, I did that, you know, very early on. And, you know, for the first seven years, I guess, of, of, my adult life, you know, I kind of followed that path that, um, that was sort of set, set, set before me by others. And, um, I had a, I had what I guess anyone would consider a great job, right. And maybe some folks would consider that successful in that I had a pretty good job. Um, you know, it was a six figure job. I was 20 something years old. Um, and at that time, you know, that, 
that meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, I was at a very early age, I was able to buy a house, you know, I had, I had a nice car. Um, but I, I felt, I felt like empty, you know, that's the best way that I could kind of describe it. Like I got up every day. I was, I was working in finance at a market research firm. I, I hated, I dreaded going into work every day, kind of looking at spreadsheets. I felt like I was doing something that was, it, it just left me feeling empty and kind of, kind of hopeless. Despite from the exterior folks like looking at me, they would probably say, well, what are you talking about? I mean, you, you have a bunch of nice things and it was like, and excuse my language. Yeah. But it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of, a bunch of nice shit. That's what it yeah. felt yeah. to me. And so um, I knew that, that I could not live that kind of life forever. And even as a um, even as a young kid, it's hard it's hard to kind of like explain or communicate even today. I've kind of always felt that um, that I had that I was going to have this life where, you know, where I was gonna be able to have some impact and I didn't know what kind of impact, what that would mean, but I always had this vision that, um, somehow I'd be, I'd be this great person that, that does a lot for not only myself, but for others. And this just felt kind of selfish. Um, this just felt like the work that I was doing there, you know, looking at financial spreadsheets for very wealthy companies with billion dollar bank balances, it it just felt empty. And so, you know, I went on this journey of just, Hey, Calvin, this is not it. You may not know what the next thing is, but the only way that you're going to be able to figure that out um, is if you at least open your mind and make an attempt. And so um, as a, as a visionary, I'd like to think of myself as a visionary and as a dreamer, I've always had tons of dreams And, you know, sort of as approaching 30, I've just made a conscious decision that the next thing that sort of popped in my mind and stuck with me, I'd see it through. And it didn't matter what it was. Right. So I I wasn't necessarily thinking that thinking that the next big thing that popped in my head would be a million dollar idea. It was just like you have to do something to get out of this and whatever that something is. And if you believe in the universe and you believe in God, like, yes. they'll help you to figure that out along the way. And so I just took Mm -hmm. the next step and the next step was like, Hey, the barbershop idea popped in my head and I, I, I followed, um, I just followed it. And and, and you could, you could not have told me that I would have started (laughs) that grooming company. Um, you know, that happens to be the fastest growing uh, male grooming company last year in the U S you couldn't have told me that, but it was, it was, it was being intentional about not liking where I was and just, making taking a step forward mm. Mm. brother <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah like thank you for sharing that because we have to realize sometimes that to be a revolution for ourselves calvin is that we have to revolt from who, we have to revolt from who we are and evolve into the person that we want to be. And there's an impetus. There's something, there's something there's Like you said, there was something in your, in the, in your mind, whispering in your ear, Calvin, this is not you. There's something greater. There's something bigger. Just move. Oftentimes revolution happen within ourselves when we just take one, as you said, one step in front of the other. 
I say all the time, Calvin, that my life has has been so interesting because when I decide to move, right? When I decide to move and I think that I'm going to fall off, the next thing comes, Calvin, right? The next thing, because I decided to move and then all of a sudden, right, I'm moving and then I'm about to fall off. The next thing comes where you just keep moving and that's the journey to it. That's the journey. If you can revolt from who you are and evolve into the person that you want to be, I promise you, look at this brother, right? And <laughs> the one thing that he said as he's approaching 30, right? As he's approaching 30, right? This 51-year-old man with all of these things, right? I don't have a multi-million dollar company. I don't, I'm, I don't have the fastest growing hair care and beard care company in the country, he decided that this was the life that he didn't want to live and decided there's another thing and I want to impact folks. He said that this brand is created so black men can feel good about themselves. Simply, he started, I want to feel good about me. Brother, I love that. I love that. So look, look, I, you've got so much knowledge, right? You're, you're like, you're a budding 30 year old turning 30, right? You've got so much knowledge, right? How do you do this? What's the playbook, right? What 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 are some of the things that you could offer folks who say, you know, I want I want to be in the sphere. I may not want to be like Calvin Qualis, but I want to be in his sphere. I want to I want to start something great and build it. What what's the playbook for this? Um, you know, I think you know if we're if we focus on sort of like a brand, uh, you know, as an example, um, you know, I think one of the very first things, and as I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, one of the things that I think is super important is really to spend time thinking about your the positioning of your brand, mm. um, and, and your story and the brand story, and being able to clearly articulate, um, you know, who you serve. Um, you know, what customer you serve, why you're so passionate about serving this customer um, and really how your product or service, you know, really solves a pain point for the customer. Yeah. Um, one, it's, it's important because it helps you to better connect with your customers and, and really to build credibility uh, and trust around your brand. Um, I think it's also spend, it's also important to spend some time thinking about how you, you know, how you differentiate your brand and how you show up versus say the competitor or competitive uh, set. Right. So, you know, great positioning, um, thinking about how you differentiate yourself really does help with attracting customers, you know, employees. And, and if you're interested, even investors. Right. Um, I think the second thing is, um, is, is realizing and understanding very early on that like no one man is an army or woman, no <laughs> woman or man is an army, right? <laughs> um, if the thing that you, um, you know, if the dream or the thing that you're working on really doesn't involve others or need others at some point, um, I'm here to tell you that it's probably too small. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. um, it's, it's probably too small because, because right. Big dreams and, you know, big goals and, and ideas, they really can't be executed and, and survive in the mind of, of one person. And so it, it really does take a, take a team, um, you know, in terms of finding a team, I think table stakes, but you got to be super passionate about what it is that you're building, um, and working on and, and being able to, again, really uh, communicate your why and communicate um, why you think that the folks that you're trying to bring on um, can help you to, 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 to build a, an amazing business. And, and you're solving a really, um, really important pain point for the customers. Um, you got to be able to sell your, your vision. 
Um, you be got to be able to communicate, you know, how you're going to get there and how the people that you're trying to bring on is going to play a part in getting there. Um, and you really do have to, you know, you have to think about like appropriately <laughs> incentivizing, uh, you know, good people to, to come join the team with you. Now, if you don't have a lot of money, maybe it's equity, right? If you can't afford right, to pay, right. pay folks market salary, it might be equity. Um, you know, is it decent pay and equity? But with them, right, what's in it for me um, is super important. Um, and then third, but I think sort of most importantly is is to, and we talked about this a lot, is getting really clear on your personal mission and, and yeah. why and making sure that the, the lines with your business is why, right? Um, business is hard. Um, it is uh, mentally draining. <laughs> um, it could be physically draining on your health. Because uh, when I first started the business, I did gain. To, I did gain a lot of weight. Um, <laughs> um, your finances, like all of that, can be compromised, right? That's yeah. real. Yeah. Um, and so, but having like a really compelling why, why can kind of be the, the fuel that you need to get through like some of the toughest weeks and months, um, you know, really showing up every day for years, right? It doesn't, you know, folks, microwave generation, you know, folks just like, Hey, if you, if you, if you believe it, if you want it, it's just supposed to happen. Um, the reality is, is, is it doesn't, um, right. It's like you're putting, showing up every day for years and years, yes. <laughs> putting in hours, it, it, like tons of effort. And like, you know, folks aren't recognizing or realizing like the amount of effort and focus, right. That you put into this business. And if you don't have a really compelling why it's like, what am I doing this for? Right. Um, right. So that why helps with that. Right. Through the good and bad times, it just requires a really strong, um, very personal reason for why you started the business and why you why you're committed to seeing it be a success. Right. Brother, thank you, because, you know, I've been working in the entrepreneurship space and the investment space for the last five years. And. It's just it, it's wonderful when we reinforce this right pain points understanding your customers, right? Spending so many people don't spend time in really talking to the people that they want to serve to see if, if even at the idea stage, Calvin, that this is something that they want. Because oftentimes I see, I, I see entrepreneurs come up with, with things and I'm like, do your customers want this? Are people clamoring for this? Are people saying, you know what? I need this. Right. I need this yesterday because I, I've got this pain point, right, that I can't solve and something's out there. Some, nothing's out there. And think about think about this. I, I think about my beard. I think about my gray beard. Right. And what it means. I, I'm looking for things to tame this and I couldn't find anything. And I sat down with Miss Alicia at Black Men Excel and she said, there's a, there's a whole regimen. We've got, we've got a whole line of stuff that's going to help tame those gray beards. And I want to give a shout out to Miss Alicia, right, for taking care of me and saying, look, you got to put the beard oil on, right? We've got, we actually have a beard balm that has actually got a little bit of extra hold for those grays, right? That's going, yeah. that's going to tame them and bring them down, right? Right. Here's a little shout shampoo that Alicia. When, when, yeah, when 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 you wash, I want you to do this. So all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, this poof, right, came down, and and uh, and I'm walking down the street, Calvin, and and the sister says, "Man, that beard is beautiful." Actually, you know what? You're beautiful, and I wanted to say <laughs> it's because of Scott's beard, but I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but just thinking about right, finding a brand, finding a brand that values 
has the same values that I have, right? And you, you're, you're thinking about who's your target audience of folks, right? And think about who's going to buy Scotch Porter, people who want to be healthy about themselves, people who are taking care of their beers and thinking about good quality products, right? There's even for, I, I know you even think about even down to the color scheme that comes in your product, right? Like that deep blue, right? That deep masculine color. So, hey, boom, this is this is a very masculine brand for folks. And I think about that. That's what draws folks to, right? I think about Converse, you know, you talk about shea butter and the green, but no, I, I'm drawn to this. It's understanding your customers. It's also understanding the price points. Like, well, I pay because it's a great quality product. I'll pay a little bit more because I know my beer. I know I might get that compliment, Calvin, when, you know, when, when I'm not <laughs> feeling good about myself, right? You know, I put on my Scotch Porter and I walk out and somebody says, hey, brother, you look good today. I'm like, you know what? Thank you. But that's the thing, like, like you said. And then I, I just want to reiterate because I just talked about Miss Alicia. She didn't have to do that. She didn't have to take the time, you know, to this random guy at, at, at a conference. But what she was doing, right, that, that you know, and, and, and shout out to her because she's the VP of brand for Scotch Porter. And. Right. You think she's got this luminary position. She's high up on the totem pole. She didn't have to do that. But when you hire quality talent, people like you said, who are passionate about the brand, who are passionate about the founder, because that means you set a culture. And we talk about this all the time, Calvin. Culture is everything to an organization. Right. And I'm sorry, I'm preaching because this is what I do. Right. Work with organizations and, and, and founders to help them scale. But if you can find folks and build a culture in an organization that people want to come to work every day and they want to illuminate what you're doing and they will put 10, 12, 18 hours a day into your organization. Those are the people that you want. Alicia didn't have to do that. But what sold me on Scott Porter that day was because she took the time to say, you're a customer and I'm going to help you figure this out. And that's what we do. That's what good companies do, brother. So I, uh, I definitely appreciate it. And you've given us some gems to think about as, as entrepreneurs, as revolutionaries, as you think about building your business, go back, rewind this section that Calvin just talked about as you're building your brand, building something and know like, what's the pain point? Figure out something that people aren't doing and go there. That's the biggest thing. The last thing, brother, our, our, our time is coming quickly. What you have, what happens when you build a successful brand? And people start buying your products and you start seeing profits come. And I know, uh, you know, that's seven years in. People are like, oh, my God, he's a big name. He will tell you seven. <laughs> look, you, you started out very small, very, very small. Seven what feels happened? like 20. Right. <laughs> 20 right. years. <laughs> 20 years. It, it, like you said, pain, sweat, you know, all the things. But now you've created a fund and, and, and funds are now sexy, right? Everybody's creating a fund, right, to be able to invest back. Talk about the importance of Scotch Porter creating a social impact fund to be able to give back to those entrepreneurs who can solve some of the biggest problems that we're facing in our communities. Yeah, so listen, uh, first, you know, we've we've all, always been very clear about uh, the business that we're in, right? And And, you know, we aren't, 
in the business of just selling, you know, uh, hair and skincare, great hair. We have great hair and skincare and beard care products, but we aren't in the business of just selling uh, hair care products and skincare products to folks. I've always felt that 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 is very surface level, right? Our mission is to help men feel the best and live their best, most fulfilled lives. Now, good grooming is a, is a portion of like feeling good, right? But there's a lot that comes with that. So we've always been very clear about who we are um, as a business. Um, and one of the things, you know, there's some, there's some stats, you know, that um, I've known for a very long time. Many of us have probably known for a very long time. Um, but, you know, some, some stats are like people of color are 50% less likely um, to hold good jobs or uh, black and Hispanic graduates uh, generally have attended, you know, schools or other institutions that have a lot less money on offering a quality education. Um, or entrepreneurs, uh, you know, and business owners uh, have higher wealth uh, ratios and, and kind of experience greater upward mobility um, than, say, traditional employees. But um, just a very, very small percentage of U.S. businesses are black owned. Yeah. Um, an, another stat, you know, black and black and brown men are incarcerated, you know, more than five times, um, you know, the rate of, of their white counterparts. Right. And so with this sort of information um, and understanding who we predominantly serve, right, um, who we over index in, in serving, you know, we have decided to commit, you know, two percent of our online sales and, and a little over one percent of our total combined sales to forward initiatives around, you know, some of these things. Right. Education and job training, entrepreneurship and recidivism. Um and I, and I strongly believe, and I, I said this earlier, right? I strongly believe that like business should not only serve us um, and our shareholders, you know, financially, um, but it needs to serve us spiritually, right? And so yes. Uh, yes. We, we we have this we have this real ability to to really as entrepreneurs to have like meaningful impact on people's lives, right? And to do good um, and do doing good and doing what's right feels good. It's always felt good to me. Um, you know, we got to be committed to doing good and doing what's right. Um, and that includes, you know, taking care of our external yeah. shareholders. So I've always viewed like our customers and community as uh, external shareholders. And so we have a we have an obligation um, to also do what's right for um, our external shareholders. And, and once again, because none of this, uh, excuse my language, none of this, this shit that we build um, or that we accumulate while we're here, we, we can't we can't leave with any of it so right we, we right. gotta do good and entrepreneurs have the ability to do that right brother as, as i say there are two things that come out you know as we talk about our tenants man you have to find the folks that will help you midwife your dreams and and thinking about thinking about the people that have helped build help you build scotch porter but now thinking about those folks who are also dreaming about building successful brands, there's an opportunity for Scotts Porter and Calvin Qualis to be a midwife for other folks. My man, Sean Dove, you know, who is, who is actually from New York, talks about that. He talks about we're not having a midlife crisis. We're having a midwife crisis, right? We need to have more people to say, you know what? I'm going to help you pull out your dreams. And I have to give a shout out to my good folks at Camelback Ventures and the CEO, Aaron Walker, and the, and the amazing team that has really thought about this as well. That seeds, you know, from friends and family all the way up to with the Ruthless for Good Fund up to $750,000, Right helping helping to midwife wonderful dreams right over 150 founders have come through camelback in some form of fashion and right they will tell you those founders will tell you that sometimes if it wasn't for camelback 
they would not have been able to build their dream. Camelback has been a midwife, and now Scott's Porter and Calvin Qualis also have that opportunity to midwife dreams for foes, right? Because I, I'm sure that you want to see as your legacy to say to look back and say, you know what? Our fund created these companies. We were the first money in. And look at what these companies are doing. Look at the revolutions that they've actually created for our communities. They've created good jobs. They've created livable wages. They've created opportunities for people to go out and buy homes. Because think about this. I bought my first home, Calvin, on a $30,000 salary as a teacher. I couldn't do that. I couldn't even buy a $30,000 salary. You can't do that now. But think about what happens when we go work for good companies like yours or the companies that you're seeding in. People can have the lives that they want to have. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful revolution, brother. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, and I'm going to say this in, in the most respectful way. Thank you for not feeling good about who you were in that space in corporate finance. And thank you for creating something that now allows more folks to feel good about themselves, starting with you. And that's important. That, that's important. You revolted and evolved into something that you wanted to be. And that revolution has allowed more folks right, to get up and say, you know what? Because I put this brand on, I feel better about myself. It aligns with who I am. So thank you to you and your team. I get a shout out to Miss Alicia and all the work that she does to ensure that Scott's Porter yes. is out in the world because I know she is working hard, hard, hard. Yes. Look, revolutionary. She, she proceeded, work very hard. <laughs> yeah. Look, you can go find Scott's Porter at scottsporter.com. You can also find it on Amazon. You can go to Target and Walmart. All of their products are there. Calvin, I know that, you know, uh, I know that, you know, one of the things about entrepreneurship is, is the raise. I know that you've been able to raise a, a good amount of money. So congratulations on that, because that is not easy in itself, right? Thinking about that. So congratulations. Um, how you. can folks learn more about Calvin Qualis and Scotch Porter? Sure. Um, so scotchporter.com to your point, you know, you can go and pick us up at, um, you know, Walmart and Target and uh, CBS and, and many other places uh, soon. Uh, you can you can look out for us on social, Scotch Porter. Um, you can check me out on, on my social at uh, Calvin underscore Qualis. Um, and I'm always open to, you know, talking, talking with other entrepreneurs um, and, and, and really having communication with entrepreneurs about like, aligning on core on values, right? Like we, we can't just be out here building businesses to kind of take care of ourselves. Um, so I make sure that when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, I'm talking with folks that are aligned, um, aligned with me on, on, on core values of like bringing others up. So, um, you can, you can reach out to me there and I'm always willing to have a conversation. Gotcha. Gotcha. I know an entrepreneur is going to be in my ears like, Hey, you got this fun. How can we, how can we at least know when you might be making some investments? Yeah. Um, so what we do right that TBD, TBD on that, you know, but a lot of the work that we, is, that we have been doing, you know, with other entrepreneurs really has been, you know, either through like the target Ford founders program where I've, you know, participated as an entrepreneur in residence for about three to four co cohorts. Um, and then others, some other things that are going to happen really soon with some, some larger organizations, you know, thinking about like putting together curriculum and, um, 
curriculum and when I say curriculum, you know, sort of practical, practical playbook playbook. points and tips on how to build a business outside of sort of traditional um, university curriculum that, you know, I went to school and I I got a a degree in business. And I I will say that what I've learned there um, is nothing in in comparison to what I've learned in the real world. So, um, but you can reach out to me to, to, to have, I can try my best to point you in the right direction to talk about funding, to talk about, you know, positioning, to talk about marketing you know how to how to get some money um yeah you know how to build the brand in retail and some other companies how to build the team right all all things that are very important no brother i appreciate it revolutionaries has been it, it's been one of those shows where you can you you're going to rewind this so many times just to hear some of the gems that brother calvin has dropped I want to thank you for supporting this show for six years. It means a lot to me that you are my revolutionaries, that you are revolutionary, not only in your life, but in your communities and for the world. And you know that I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we are here for you. We are here for you as you build and fulfill your revolutions. Do your thing in the world. That's all that we ask. Be revolutionary. Be revolutionary. Be revolutionary. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Whew, a revolution. I would love that. Therapy is a therapy is a wonderful thing, and um, yes. you know we'll talk. We'll get into that in the in the second when we talk about the the importance of the barbershop. I think that conversation is really important um as many of us you know who who, who lose their hair uh, um <laughs> you, you know don't have you know i haven't really you know gone to see a barber in almost almost 20 years and wow. i feel like i have lost you know a whole section of of time uh, of community and camaraderie by not going to the barbershop you know um i learned to fade the sides myself and do anything um i'm actually probably going to go to the barbershop for the first time in a long time today because i have to speak tomorrow but it, i just you know i, I miss that i miss that piece of going in the barbershop chopping it up you know talking trash telling lies all you know <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, all the things, man. So um, it is. It is interesting, you know, that your development is from, you know, your mom in the barbershop, and we'll get into that as well. Um, yeah. But I think what you're doing is is is, is truly important for the culture, for who we are as as, as, as black men and folks. Um, that it, that it, that it's truly important in what we're in what we're doing. So thank you for that. I really really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, um, I know your time is short, brother. So we're just we're gonna jump in. What's good, revolutionaries? Once again, we want to thank our sponsor for the show, Scotch Porter. Please remember that you can save twenty five percent off of any order forty dollars or more through March thirty first, twenty twenty three. Spring is coming, and it's time to revolutionize your hair and skin. You know that we love you, and we're here with you. We'll see you soon. Peace.